Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Tonight, I'm joined by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joseph Branton. Hello. Oh, you're a bit quiet there, Joe Branton. Um, how is everyone? All right? Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, yes. good. Thank you. Um, got Matt back joining us through the power of the internet. Matt, you've been on holiday. I have. I have. Anyone, I anyone went else? To, I went to rainy Germany. Um, it rained every day, uh, apart from the one day we went to the zoo. Um, and then it rained when I got home, so it was all round a good holiday, but a wet one. Sweet, nice. Whereabouts in Germany? Uh, Hamburg. Uh, yeah. It's the like the fifth or sixth time that I've been there, um, and it's, it's an awesome place. Although I didn't get to go back to Miniature Wonderland, which did we ever Miniature talk? Wonderland. Did we ever talk about Miniature Wonderland on the podcast before? I can't remember. I mean, I would recommend, if I didn't, then it is probably one of the best places you will ever go. As for those not in the know, tell us what Miniature Wonderland is. It is the world's biggest uh, miniature world. <laughs> the it's the world's biggest, biggest smallest mini- place. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I, it's basically, it's just a huge, uh, like, industrial warehouse uh, on, like, two floors filled with miniatures, but it's a complete world so it has a day and night cycle so when you're walking around it actually goes to the night time and all the scenes change uh, and it has the world's uh, largest remote uh, like train track uh, and f- and an airport which planes actually take off and land it's absolutely ridiculous don't, don't the planes like go up and then fly around for a bit and then land like half an hour later or something yeah they, 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 they like, fly off and then they go off like to one side and yeah and then they come back later um, and there's like a festival scene and at night like all the lights come on the festival and then like all the music starts um, and yeah it's it's awesome how it's, miniature is miniature um pretty the, small like a model train track like the miniatures you've seen on a little model like each model is probably like an inch and a half tall and every model is handmade so everything on there is made to fit hand. specifically what they're doing yeah when I um, when I was looking into it there's like a few little like rude easter eggs hidden around isn't there there's like a couple like copping off in a park and stuff like that yeah yeah it, it's really good like but the thing is you have to, you have to go <laughs> it's really good is that what you're yeah, into the thing is it's just there's just too much to see so like by the time you've you've like looked in depth at like half of it you're like i just can't take in any more miniatures 
um, which is why I wanted to go again. But it will always be there. Road trip. Guitar Nerds road trip. Let's do it. Did you go to San Pauli? Uh, yes, I did. I'm, I was going to try and buy you a flag. Oh, but, that would have uh, been awesome. Every, but every, everywhere was closed by when we walked around oh, it. Oh, man. Well, that's, well, that's, that's where I found um, this guitar shop, which was the guitar shop the Beatles bought their instruments in when they were in uh, in Hamburg. Um, that sounds awesome. Um, it was the on. most mental guitar shop I've ever been in. It was like, it was completely disorganised. There was stuff everywhere. Uh, nothing really had a price on it and there was like it was just full of vintage stuff um, so like I spotted a couple of old space echoes and there was a, loads of other old tape echoes loads of old rack there was a like a probably like a 25U rack unit that just was full of old rack gear um, like loads of amps and one thing I meant I asked the price on then uh, Amy my girlfriend was like no we must go and I was like oh I need to ask the price on this amp and it was a, an old Sovtech Oh, they're so good, so good. Yeah, I was like, they've they've really sought after those. Uh, Was it the Softech head, right? Yeah, I think it's just called the Softech Fifty. Yes, there's like um, a bit of a kind of underground like cult about the Softech Fifty. Like if you research online, there's like whole forums dedicated to like where you can find them and like maintaining them and like people showing off their Softech Fifties. You definitely should have bought that. I know. How much was it? I did. I didn't ask. Um, I know. I was. I was getting dragged out the store at the time because I was holding up my girlfriend and her, and her mum while they were waiting outside. Because it, it's sort of in the middle of nowhere. I stumbled upon it completely by by random. Um, and yeah, it was just like it had so much stuff in it. I was talking to the guy, and he was like, "Yeah, this is like Hamburg's oldest music store. It's like ninety years old." Amazing. Um, and apparently, the Beatles lived in the the like the halls upstairs because it's just round the corner from the Reaper Farm, which is where they they used to play. And they lived in the flats upstairs, and then apparently they bought a lot of the instruments they bought in Hamburg from that shop. Were there uh, were there any cool old Hofners there? No, the, the one thing <laughs> they bought them have. all. <laughs> you bought them all. <laughs> you bought them all. Yeah, it, they um, they had like some old Fenders, but not like sixty stuff. It was just like loads of really quirky things, um, and like some really odd Warwicks that I've that like the like, odd body shapes and stuff like that, and like weird specs. And but it, honestly, this shop was like. Imagine if you just bought stuff, loads of stuff over like 50, 60 years and then never really put it in a proper place. Nice. So like, it was just like guitar there, guitar there. And then I went to walk down a bit and he's like, no, you can't walk down that. That's all customer repairs. And they probably had like maybe a hundred guitars just like all stacked up. They were all like customer repairs and like loads of amps. It was, it was really bonkers. You could have spent hours in there just like going, oh my God, I've, I had loads of Dynacord like tape echoes from like the 60s should have bought like those four, should have bought four or those five well. of them just like stacked up I was like this place is mental in like in like 30 years time um, this podcast is going to be referenced on like a a BBC3 documentary where they're like and uh, on our next episode of uh, Frightened Hoarders um, we've got this uh, our friend Matthew Knight and uh, this is this is this is where it all started. And you, you're going to walk <laughs> around your house, and it's just going to be like, yeah, all of the tape echoes are looped together. Um, don't <laughs> touch any of them, please. Um, I played one note back in 2027, and it's still going. I mean, I've lost it. It's somewhere in the house. <laughs> yeah, so it's the note is going around. I mean, you say the set, the uh, hoarding starts now. It definitely yeah, doesn't um, start now. No, no, I know, I know. It's definitely started when. Matt's had well, like. Yeah. It, have you still got two of the same amp? 
No, it's sober no. on them. Oh, okay. No. Um, in fact, actually, this afternoon, I was I was actually just going, oh, I should probably just sell a load of stuff. Um, just to buy more stuff. <laughs> Is that going to happen, though? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. There's a lot of things I want, so, you know. Talking of things that you want, um, I understand that Boss ES8's uh, landed in the country this week. Have you got yours yet? No, because they were all sold at... Cause, because where obviously where I work, customers come first, and they were all sold before I actually got one. Right. Um, so I'm waiting for Roland to get more stock, which I think is in about two weeks. I've uh, seen one. Have you? Yes. In, in the flesh. In the flesh. What was it like? It was wicked. It was okay. a lot. It was actually a lot smaller than I was anticipating it. Um, okay. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot smaller. A lot more. Um, I'm, I mean, I guess I probably shouldn't have underestimated the. Uh, how ergonomic it was going to be with, I mean it is boss that we're talking about um, and yeah it, it looked really really good um, I didn't get to obviously I didn't get to uh, plug it in or anything but I, I was selling it to a guy who'd had it on order for ages and I, I was like um, can I do you mind if do you mind if we open it can I, can I just have a look and he was like no of course so we opened it up and it was just like Oh yeah, this is cool. This is really cool. And his kid was like, "Dad, can we go?" And <laughs> we were like, "Just, just one sec. Just one Just sort of like, look, yeah, did pretty... you get to like plug the power supply? No, in I didn't. No, I didn't get to do any of that. I, uh, I was speaking to Jeff from Roland today, and he was saying that that's just the case everywhere. That they're they're just, just all gone. Yeah, they're just all gone. They've just come in and gone. When they started talking, because they started talking about it maybe a year ago, like doing something like this, um, and we were kind of like, nah, I don't think they'll." You know, it'll be a very niche thing. Like, you know, there's companies already kind of do it. Um, and Boss are too mainstream. Are too People mainstream aren't going to be into completely. it. Completely. Yeah. I know. And it's and not, then, just not happened at all, is it? Yeah. But, I mean, even uh, even stuff on, like, you know, you look at the look at the forums and stuff, like our forum and also, you know, like the Pedalboard of Doom. And, you know, there's there's a bunch of a bunch of those those. Facebook pro, those Facebook uh, groups where people, as soon as they're announced, they're like, "This looks, this is nah, this is why they're doing this. This is silly. This is silly." And then like the next week, it's like, mm, "Yeah, I've, I've put in an order. I've yeah, put in, I can't wait. I've, I've cleared." Like you just for ages, you've seen on like that pedalboard to doom Facebook group, just seen loads of people with boards, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, that space is for an ES8 when it arrives." I've seen so many yeah. of them, so many. The loads of people have just like marked out a space yeah. with like a bit of cardboard yeah. or something like, "Yeah, ES8's <laughs> going there, definitely." Um, one bit of feedback that we have had: um, straight patch leads so far, Matt. I think that seems to be the consensus. I've heard at least three people say oh, they've yeah. got to buy a load of fresh patch leads because yeah, you can only fit. I think the thing is that loads of people are using things like either fender patch leads yep. or they're making their own with big chunky nitric ends and they and they just don't fit because they obviously the the jack spacing so small but if you I'm I'm almost certain if you use things like George L cables or lava cables or evidence audio they'll fit fine because they've got a much tighter right angle and there's a much smaller end on them I'm sure so, when, when you see like um, the sort of gig rigs and stuff like that, people have angle patch leads in those, and I assume it's the same deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of you see a lot of people with the straight ends, but the thing is, you just need so much more space at the back of the pedal board. So I just think if you use some of the build your own solderless cable patch cables, I think you'll be fine. I think that's my next step on my board is that I've got to get like a Diago patch factory. Yeah, got to tidy it up. I thought you were going to say ES8. I just, I've got oh, to get yeah, an yeah. ES8. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've got to get an ES8. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, for the six pedals that I've got, I need to get an ES8. <laughs> yeah. Um, for all, that, all those tones. I was thinking the other day, like, I'm not using the wah. 
maybe the wall could go, making up a, a bit more space. That's quite a lot. That's quite a big footprint. It is. Maybe I could get a Crybaby Mini and something else. But you don't use the I don't wall. use I don't need. I don't know why it's there. Get a Deco. I could get a Deco. I've got some other stuff to sell. We'll see. Get the Deco. This is going to be like, for ages it was like, I need the Flint. That was my reoccurring theme on the podcast. Now it's like, I could get a Deco. You, you need Definitely to get a, get a Deco. Yeah, they're a lot of money though. Nah, it's the one. A lot of money. They're a lot of money. Anyway, um, more pedal news. Or not news really, but Matt, you posted something about um, the Red Iron Pedal Pusher, which is something I did not understand in any way. Um, what is it? It is... Um, so you know how we always go on about uh, like make gooder pedals and basically buffers and things like this. This is effectively a tube buffer, like a tube preamp um, that runs on full voltage, not like 9 volt or 12 volt or anything like that, that basically goes into the front of your amp at the end of your signal chain to effectively add all the tone back into your guitar once you've gone through a load of pedals um it's literally a mini a mini valve preamp in, um, in a box effectively it looked pretty like homebrew when you post it up like it looks pretty like rough yeah i think the video that i posted up was of a prototype but i think the actual unit is now ready to go but it is effectively it's just one button in out and then it's i think it's just got a switch shake it all about <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um do we know who's building them like what's the story um so there's a guy called um it's actually a company called red iron amps and they build some awesome looking amps like oh i think they, i saw one on their home pages it's like it's all wood like wood paneling at the front okay um and they all like wood wood front and backs but they're made out of like what looks like a driftwood um so they look really, really classy. Like, they're really simple, just, like, three controls. Um, and I think he's basically gone, oh, people love my amps, but people always want buffers. Well, I could just basically build the preamp from one of my amps into a tiny into a tiny box, basically. Yeah. It looked um, quite cool. Like I say, it looked pretty, it looked like early days, but worth investigating, like, definitely worth people checking out. Yeah, yeah. I. It's one of those things I wish we could we could try these things but it's kind of like you know we're gonna have to take a punt at like three hundred dollars and you just you never know that basically means you're gonna get one uh that's a lot of money three hundred three hundred dollars for effectively a tube in a box we'll see uh, we'll, we'll see one last um, thing uh, i've been doing this week and i guess you guys have been doing i had some eyes on glastonbury over the last few days uh, none of us went did we i mean i definitely didn't go you i didn't, didn't go no no matt <laughs> i no, no you in Germany. I was on holiday, so uh, yeah, I, I couldn't. Did anyone watch anything that caught their eyes, like guitar-wise, or like any bands or anything like that? The, um, the only I, thing I saw was Kanye. <laughs> right, no guitars, no musicians there, really. No. I, no. I really enjoyed Kanye. Well, I enjoyed some of it. Some of it was utter guff. But um, it was a bit like, if you're headlining Glastonbury, like just take a band. Like you watch like Beyonce or something do Glastonbury. It's much better because she's got a band. Kanye could have done something so good. But the record is... Yeah. It's just him. It's very minimalist, isn't it? Yeah, but like like the, the Beyonce is. stuff is like that. But when you record. put a band yes. behind it, it's wicked. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought he could have been better. It was all right. The only, um, the only thing that I saw was Pete Townsend was using a red strat with lace sensors. Yeah, that's it. he's used that for quite a while. Like, I just think that's so weird. Whenever I've seen them um, 
on TV maybe in the last 10 years or so that's I think like his go-to guitar is the Lace Sensor Strat was he using the Vibra Kings again I don't uh, know. Didn't yes, get... apparently so. Because was... he was using those when I saw. Did they do the closing ceremony of the Olympics? Is that the last? Yes. Yeah, he was using. He was using. I think three Vibra Kings, which is just. I mean, none of them were on at the closing ceremony of the Olympics because they were miming, weren't they? Yeah. But, oh yeah, um, of course. Yeah, yeah. it's really weird. It was but... weird. Um, I was um, also gone. I was going to say it's actually an Eric Clapton signature. Oh, is it in red? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Um, I caught a bit of Motorhead today when I was watching it on my lunch break. Were they yeah. any good? Um, did they have the? Did you see the four fifteen? He Marshall had cabs? Did many he have those? of those. Um, oh, ridiculous. He had uh, like, I think he was using the Murder One stack, which is like his stack. Basically, that's the one that he's used for years. It just says Murder One on the on the head. And then he looked like he had some JVMs. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. And whether they they might have been the guitar coming out behind him because he basically I saw an interview with him before and he was like look we're louder than we've ever been because I basically can't hear anything yeah um, so I wonder whether they were or he also had guitar behind him but coming out behind him and behind the guitarist as well so I wonder whether he actually only had one bass stack and the other two were guitar or maybe he's like biamping and guitar top yeah, end I mean, is coming he's, out he's pretty toppy if you think about the, Completely. the sort of sound he goes for Completely. Was it I wouldn't good? be surprised at all they were Slow, really? Yeah. So, I mean, he's really old. Well, he, I was talking to um, Captain Sensible from the Damned. He comes into um, into my shop quite regularly because he lives in he lives in Brighton, and he's like the Damned just did like a big tour with Motorhead. Yeah. And he said they were absolutely incredible every really? night. And he said okay. that Lemmy was just next level. Just okay. He just said they were unbelievable. I am. Um... Go on, Joe. You look like you're. Oh no! I was just going to say I read an excellent story about them playing live and both guitars going down and uh, no one noticing. Amazing for, for like them them completing a song without anyone really right. taking any notice with just bass and drums. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's got stuff going through. Probably, yeah. The there, there could have been some bumping, but yeah, he had at least two <laughs> four by fifteens. And then the guitar player had, I think, three J- full JVM stacks behind him, and then maybe there were two on the other side. But one thing that was cool is that the um, drum monitor, so on the like the side fill for the drums, I think it was PA speakers built into two Marshall 412s. <laughs> yeah, because he had them just next to his head. And I was like, that can't just be a guitar rig. Like, that must be... <laughs> That must be PA speakers, That's but it looked cool. I mean, again, you know, we've talked about like Marshall not appearing too much on uh, stages, but this was like proper old school, loads of Marshall. Um, I tell you, who do have loads of oranges though, and probably the best band I saw all weekend, like Charlie XCX. Yeah, she um, yeah, she's got a complete orange backline. Those white oranges. So they two, had two tiers. They were two tiers, but they definitely were just. Oh yeah, front panels. Yeah, they're just front panels. Yeah. Um, because they they've were, got lights in. Them. Yeah, they had lights and stuff in them. But her band is rocking. Yeah, really good. Um, bass player plays a little Mustang. I didn't actually see their Glastonbury show. She but was I playing assume... a jazz bass. Oh, this time. Okay, yeah. cool. Oh no, uh, I tell you what, she had it wasn't a Mustang. When I saw them, uh, she was playing one of those the short scale jazz basses that has a precision pickup. Okay. The... Oh, the modern player one. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that was a great bass. Yeah, it, it was great. It sounded brilliant. It's, you know, does everything it needs to. Um, and the guitar player was using a Squire J Mascus. Yeah, oh, that's, really? that's what she had yeah. at the show I um, saw as well. I would highly recommend, like, if you're... I would say that 
most guitar players, and probably most people listening to this podcast wouldn't think twice about like watching the Charlie XCX set on iPlayer or something, but it's totally worth it. The guitar tones are absolutely incredible. Like massive pedal board, playing a squad, Jay Maskis, um, amazing. And they were like, like I watched some other rubbish, like the Fat White Band. Have you ever seen them? The Fat White Family. Yeah, Fat yeah. White Family. They were yeah. one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. Like literally <laughs> one of the worst bands I've ever seen. Charlie XCX's band were a hundred percent more rock and roll than them. Um, they were just boozed up. Gear wise, on this Glastonbury, I saw um, I saw Ben Howard's set, and I think that band probably had the best gear of anything I saw. Who's at Ben Glastonbury. Howard? Uh, he 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 was like an uh, acoustic artist, sort of originally. He's just a, quite a technically able um, kind of singer songwriter, sort of Damien Ricey sort of thing. But uh, his second album was much more with a band, same okay. same sort of thing, but much more technically accomplished uh, than Damien Rice was. But um, yeah, it, all the equipment was great. Uh, the bass player had like a, a Sonic Blue Custom Shop P bass with a maple neck going through a Fender Super Bassman. Three guitarists, including Ben Howard himself. Ben Howard's left-handed, um, plays left-handed guitars, you know, correctly strung for him. But he had uh, had a couple of a really nice gold top um, uh, Les Paul. Um, and a couple of other Gibson things, a couple of hollow bodies, but he had a, a really nice uh, vintage white uh, Jazzmaster that looked okay. custom shop, but the the trim on it was right-handed, so it was like Stevie Ray Vaughan Whoa. would have his at the top, which I thought was really... What? That's weird. So the body was a left-handed yeah, it's left-handed, body. but the trim arm was at the top. Weird. Yeah, it was really strange. So I don't know, I don't know if Fender don't do... A left-handed one, and he had no choice. Or no, if they it... do. They definitely do. I mean, there's left-handed jazz masters jazz, and oh, jaguars. I guess there are, yeah. They're like the Kurt Cobain. So oh, guess... that was sort of... Did so, that have a tuna mag? Yeah. Tuna mag. Yeah. But yeah, so it was just a bit of a weird thing for him to have, unless, I guess, you know, if you learn to use those sort of things left-handed on a right-handed guitar, you might be so used to it that you go for it that way round. I thought that was really interesting. Defender do a left-handed jazz master at all? Not nothing? No. 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 Maybe so that's what it that is. That might be what it is. Maybe he had no choice. Weird. But it looks great. Like, the guitars he has are great. And there were, like, some hand-wired Vox AC30s up there. <clears throat> um, bass player halfway through changed to... Um, well, actually, one of the other p- people played bass for some of the set. And uh, they had one of the Jack Cassidy... Uh, nice. Gold top basses. Um, probably the only Epiphone that you will see on, like, big stages. Sim being... all the time. Yeah, all exactly. Time. Even though it's a £500 bass and... It's an Epiphone. Like, there's no Gibson equivalent. It's not a Gibson model. It is a an Epiphone thing. And just nuts, to, bonkers to see it alongside all those custom shop things. And I guess Paul McCartney's bass player. Yeah. I can't remember his name. He plays... Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> no, he plays... Um, <laughs> <laughs> he plays um he plays those uh their jack Cassidy's as well they're really cool but yeah ben howard's setup and, and all their gear was wicked someone else playing at glastonbury um but i think wait did you go last night death from above 1979 matt definitely went did you go i went no i had a ticket but i don't really like him so i didn't go oh well there we go he's just holding that so someone else couldn't go no i gave it away it oh good were they any good matt uh yeah they were awesome they um they probably played, I would say, about 20 songs, oh, if God. not more, but they played for an hour and 10 minutes. It was a proper J-Cross-style set. It what? was absolutely storming. They played so, so many songs so quickly. Have they got um, 20 songs? 
Yeah, they played they played loads of songs, like loads of rare stuff that um like a couple of songs that I hadn't even heard. Um but their bass sound was amazing. What was uh, he um so he there's only two of them, right? And it's a bass player and a drummer. Yeah, so the drummer uses obviously he's just got a drum kit and a, he's got an octopad, so he like plays loads of samples through loads of delay. Um and then um basically the bass player uses one of those old Ampeg basses. Okay. Um, oh, the like, a Dan Armstrong plexiglass thing. Yeah, yeah. So basically, one of those with the humbucker, uh, and then two bass amps through two eight by tens. Ones, and I was just having a look because I couldn't, I couldn't remember exactly what it was, but it's a, it's well called a, a PV Super Festival eight hundred B. Sweet, like an, classic. Yeah, uh, it's from the seventies. Apparently, they're like uber rare. Um, and then, yeah, and then he uses a um, an acu- a PV Acoustic 450B, um, which bizarrely enough is actually a 600 watt amp. Uh, yeah, and both through 8x10s, and the 8x10s have got all completely different speakers in. Um, what? I don't know why. Um, so 16 different speakers? Yeah, I think actually, I think one cab has got all original eight speakers in, and then the other one has got like eight different speakers in i think uh, uh, it's to get a, a bit more mid-range because he's got like a very obviously because when, when i was watching i was thinking like obviously you know royal blood are a really popular moment with a, effectively a very very similar setup um and when you've only got a guitar you want something you want a little bit more mid-range because you want to you know you want a bit of the top end and a bit of the mid to cut through a little bit more not just all the sub um so i think he's got a couple of like more mid frequency speakers in it right you know the best way to they could have got around <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say <laughs> you know how they could have got a bit more mid-range no uh, there's literally no other solution I can think of I can definitely think of a solution no there's not if they'd um, now bear with me guys had a guitar player no it'll never work no it'll, it'll never catch on I reckon uh, I reckon uh, I'm, I reckon maybe I'll get in touch and suggest it just give them a base six <laughs> Halfway between. Should we delve into some news? Yes. News. news. <laughs> um, first up, uh, there's loads of new pedal stuff this week. Um, first up, a thing I noticed, and I actually haven't had time to read about it, but I think you have, Matt. Um, Keely Electronics Caverns Delay. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, I saw it crop up, I think, when I was on holiday. Um, so I was like, oh, I better check this out. But it's a delay and a reverb in uh, one box. Uh, reverb is reverse hall and shimmer so it's basically it's designed as like a big ambient delay uh, with an analog style um, sorry a a big ambient style reverb with an analog style delay in it Um, it looks really really good Um, I would really want to try one but I don't know well I I think they're exclusive to they might be exclusive to a shop in the states I'm not 100% like Pro Guitar Shop recently have absolutely destroyed it on uh like exclusive pedals that you can only buy in in their shop i think we can talk about that some more in a minute but yeah the keely stuff um it, it look, just looks really nice doesn't it like i'd like i said i haven't had a chance to do that much reading and i didn't have a chance to hear a demo i'm not even sure if there is one yet is there there is one i think there's a uh, there's a pro guitar shop demo okay fine uh, but it looks um looks pretty swish the box looks quite big um, which is always a kind of you know we always talk about pedal board real estate um, so yeah something to bigger than to, a, to consider bigger than a space echo bigger than an RE20 I don't know it probably looks a bit deeper doesn't it Matt 
Yeah, and actually, uh, funny enough, like one thing I meant to post up on Facebook, um, talking of big pedals, was a signature pedal that I saw that is basically the height of four Mua pedals, um, but only has three controls, and basically all the controls are at like, the bottom, where like a normal Mua pedal would be, and the rest are just four arrows that just go up, and they just flash up in... Uh, and it's a distortion pedal, so it's not even in time. They just, they just flash... What's it like called? The, What's this pedal? Uh, I think it's called the Silver Arrow, um, and it's like someone's signature um, guitar pedal. It's absolutely ridiculous. I was like, it looks awesome, but I was just like, why would anyone want a pedal so absolutely massive? Um, haven't you got loads of big pedals? Yeah, but not the height of four <laughs> Moore pedals. That's true. When you say four, height, you mean like depth, like... Yeah. Length on a pedal. How far it goes back on the pedal board. Yeah, so the width is like <laughs> not, two not, and a half inches. Not stacked like a cake. <laughs> no. Well, no. Have you seen the... Uh, stacked like a cake. <laughs> the Laney IRT pedal. Oh, yeah, that's really... That's, it's really tall. Yeah. Like yeah, you have a valve in the pulse, that's it. It's got valves and stuff yeah, in there, Yeah, other things... Yeah, those Vox pedals have valves in them. They're not, you know, sort of two foot tall. Yeah, they're also not... Very good. No, um, they are. Those Fox pedals. No, are the, the good one is the one without the valve in it. The, the, <laughs> That's true. The, the double decker. Double decker. Yeah, that is that is cool. That pedal. Great pedal. What um, was that? Is that the fuzz one with this like an octave up? That no, that's called the trike. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so talking about Pro Guitar Shop exclusives, um, MXR Carbon Copy Bright, oh, a, a, yeah. a variant on the Carbon Copy. Again, I've not had time to hear it yet, Matt. Did you check out what it sounds like? I did. It sounds awesome. Um, it's amazing. Because I think the thing is, I was building a pedal board uh, for a friend, and he'd had a couple of Carbon Copies on there. I was like, they sound really good, but they they do sound dark. very very like. They do sound very, very dark, and actually, for some, for some sort of base, you know, if you're doing some ambient stuff and you still want an analog delay, but you don't want it to sound quite as sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say rich because then it makes sound like the other one doesn't sound very good. But if you just want something with a little bit more top end, um, it sounds amazing. And I actually think if you put them side by side, I think most people would actually prefer the bright one to the standard carbon copy. Also, it's lime green. It is lime. I green. I don't know why it there is. are more lime because well, it, it's sparkling like the, the lime green, green but pedals. brighter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's bright, dark green. <laughs> so, in the past, these pedals have made their way over to the UK, haven't they? Uh, things like the, uh, was it La Machine? Um, and uh, one of the Joe Bonamassa signatures, I think were USA exclusive to particular shops, but they have found their way over here. So, the likelihood is the MXR Carbon Copy Bright probably will. Yeah, I reckon it'll end up being a standard production model. Yeah. Like, obviously, the Carbon Copy's been like... It's one of those pedals that you pretty much see on like every pedal board. Yeah. Uh, um, and it'll just go down as one of those sort of legendary pedals. And I think this one, they can't not bring it out worldwide because they're going to sell out straight away. It's sort of, I feel like they might have saturated the market with like regular carbon copies. So people are looking for something else to buy now. So, yeah. Um, carbon copies. Nothing else does that dive bomb thing. What dive bomb thing? <laughs> Pretty much every, every, every analog delay pedal does that. My AD9 doesn't do that. That's why I That's changed to a rubbish. carbon copy. No, they're not. They're really good. <laughs> no, they are. They are really good. I'm also selling that, so don't tell people it's rubbish. Oh, yeah, it's free really rubbish. What, AD9? Yeah. I've wanted them for a while. They're really good. Do you want another one? I know someone who's got one. Do you? Yeah, weird. <laughs> I don't want one. That's rubbish. <laughs> so- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, um, <laughs> if you're going to buy an AD9 and you think, wait, I've run out of power on my pedal board, well, J Cross. True Tone introduced the One Spot Pro. Um, again, I only saw the headline. Uh, Matt, have you done any reading on the uh, on the True Tone? I have not. In fact, that's the first time I heard about it. Okay. Hang on a second. How did you they've not called know? Their, they've, they've called their pedal power supply the One Spot Pro. Yeah, because Visual Sound... Whereas Visuals... Visual sound is now true tone. Okay, right. Did uh, you miss that podcast, yeah. Jay? Yeah, I must have missed that you're one. You're obviously away. Yeah, so all... Um, Don't all... you sell those, like, all the time? And the, they Visual change... sound one spots, yeah. They, they're not called visual... They haven't been called visual sound for months. Yes, they have. They, I think the stock that's still available in the UK is still visual sound. They are. They have changed their name to True Tone. Um, oh right, okay. They've basically discontinued all the pedals and they brought out some new stuff. I saw the um, the buffer. Um, let me find what it's called. I I just saw it. I, I haven't actually seen it in the in the flesh. I saw it on the uh, on the. Uh, I like that after we've told you that they've changed their name, you're searching Visual Sound. That's because anyway. they're still listed as Visual. <laughs> anyway, um, so from what I can gather, the, the pure time buffer. Yes, that's. Did we talk about this? Uh, yeah, that's now called the true tone buffer. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so from what I can gather, the One Spot Pro is a uh, like a DC brick, um, so, which will mount on the underside of your pedal board. Um, but that is as much as I know. Well, it's, I, I think it's, it's great that um, they've released this sort of thing because they kind of true tone represent. Um, an affordable way to yeah. to kind of power your pedals. I mean, I still use one of the one spots to power the seven pedals on my board without any noise or any trouble. So I've just never had the need to to get a brick of any form. And I, I, I think you know there are there are lots of things out there, the Video Lab stuff and um, and, and the T Rex stuff that that are, that are really good and really high quality w- ways to power your pedal board. But I think True Stone. True Stone. Yeah, True Tone are the first people to really come out um, at a budget level and produce something good rather yeah. than something that breaks all the time. Yeah, I, I, that said, I'm really looking forward to the um, uh, the MXR ISO brick, which yeah. keeps getting pushed back annoyingly. That looks really good, really, really good. 
Matt, you this, sound um, like, so you've jumped in with some reading. You've actually done some reading on this. Yeah, it's, it's basically it's the same as the Voodoo Labs Mondo. Um, so twelve isolated outputs. Wow. But one one massive advantage is that it powers a whammy, which not a lot of pedals do because it's like a big AC output for whammies. Um, but yeah, it's the same sort of thing. So two eighteen volts. Uh, I think eight nines. Uh, some switchable ones from four to nine volts. Uh, a lot of them go from twelve to nine volt. Um, sorry, nine to twelve volts as well. So, but it, it they're listing on their website one hundred and eighty, one hundred seventy nine dollars. Okay. Uh, so that, but that's quite. Is that quite a bit cheaper than a Mondo? That's that's like a hundred quid cheaper. Okay. Because usually with these sort of products, they're like pound to dollars like exactly the same price isn't it so where they're 179 dollars they're normally 179 pounds yeah um but also by the looks of their website they're also doing a seven output one as well okay uh, what's that so one called mini one uh the cs7 or the one spot pro they do the cs7 and the cs12 okay um catchy i think that's is yeah, that part great. of their whole like custom shop range because that uh, pure time maybe. buffer that that will be what the CS is because that pure tone, <clears throat> the the buffer is certainly part of the um, the custom shop range. And I saw they're doing Matty. Did you see they're doing the um, the Time Bandit click track? What they're doing? So the, uh, this is I only saw it for the first time yesterday afternoon. I haven't actually seen one in the in the flesh. But um, this the Time Bandit takes the sound of a click track or metronome and converts it to the type of signal that any delay pedal with an external tap tempo jack can read. It has a built-in BPM generator, so you don't need a click track to lock to the exact tempo of a song. Dial in the tempo, and it will uh, send that to the delay pedal for a perfectly tempoed delay. Wow. Yeah, I remember um, I remember the rep bringing Weird. that in um, because he had it hooked up to one of their delay pedals um, because right. that's becoming a, a, a common thing now for... Uh, delay pedals that have like an expression pedal input as well so it it basically sends out a pulse that they that effectively can read but um i would say that's probably not as cool as the fact that visual sound or true tone in their custom shop do the hubcap speaker grill why have a normal speaker grill when you can have a hubcap instead amazing so what you it goes over just the speaker it goes over just the speaker yeah but it looks like a hubcap um, and why would you ever want that? <laughs> Can you get ridiculous. spinning ones? If you open it, that's what I was thinking. I was just the turtles pop out. Like, oh. <laughs> not, no, that's not that's not a hubcap. Hubcaps from cars. Oh yeah, idiot. I was thinking hubcap. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking of a stalk, You're thinking of a drain cover. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that would be amazing. I want a drain cover speaker. Someone should do that. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Mark Packham learns how to drive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's literally, that's why I can't drive, is it? I, I put these the things on my wheels. and uh... the difference between a hubcap and a drain cover. When he was saying hubcap, I was thinking, that's not the thing off the car. That's the thing on the ground. <laughs> oh, dear. So, uh, yeah, best but forget about recovered. that. Um, TC Electronics Polytune Poly Poly to Blacklight. Blacklight. What's the deal with these, boys? So from what I understand, they with the um, with the Polytune, the new Polytune clip, yep. they have um, basically updated the software and its new algorithms, and it's just a, a lot more accurate and a lot quicker. So from what I understand, they've just put that software into a pedal. 
Can you not upgrade the software that's in the existing polytunes? I don't believe it will. I don't think the processing power is enough within the little pedal. I don't, I don't know is the short answer, but I don't think you can upgrade them to the new software. So they, the, um, they look great, though, the black light. They it's do. a nice new look. The, the lights look really... They've You're gone really for like loud. A, You're holding really down. You're holding the microphone right near your mouth. Oh, okay, sorry about that. It's because anyway, I'm adopting a new sitting position. Um, this is so weird. You've got the mic stand on your gut. <laughs> it's so that I can sit in comfort. <laughs> it's horrendous. Um, um, so what we're saying is the Polytune 2 Blacklight, they've upgraded it. They've plugged in the RAM pack, like when you did with Star Wars Episode 1 Racer on N64. Uh, the Rumble Pack. No, no, the RAM expansion pack. Maybe we should. Something, people should introduce a Rumble Packs for pedals. I don't understand what that is. Oh, like, what was the... Um, what was that drum stool that like rumbles when you hit the kick drum? Oh, the um, the bum buddy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was actually called, wasn't it? Oh yeah, they, and they um, but they they basically were like, I think they sold quite a few as no, was it the, was it the bum chum? I think it was called the bum chum. <laughs> I think it might have been called that as well. <laughs> Um, and then I think they took it to America and they, that was fine but when they tried to sell them in the UK they were like yeah can't have that efforts. yeah um, there's also I've a thing did, I've, I've just I've just googled it it was definitely called the bum jump <laughs> there was also <laughs> there was also a thing I remember a company bringing around to show us once that was like a sub um, but it was like you replace the back of your like office chair with a like a, a sub like a speaker and you sat down, like, played computer games and stuff, and then it was just, like, made your chair rumble. Oh, so, I quite like that. It's, they're still yeah. available. In fact, I saw one in the paper the other day. They're still around. That would be really good for making sure that you're regular. It would. <laughs> <laughs> Loosen things up. Um, anyway, um, the Vox VX series. Do you oh, guys oh another quick note on the Polytune Blackline. Go on. The, um, the video that TC Electronics... Have done yep. for it is this very arty video showing weird, off weird that all the all the new sort of uh, the, the the blue lights yep. that are on the the tuner and everything's all sort of smart and black and blue and looking very sort of Mercedes advert um, and then at the end it randomly it's got this ambient music over the top and yep. at the end it flashes up this in big font just saying music by Devin Townsend oh yeah he's their um he's their guy isn't he i think he's Is he? yeah i think he's done demos and stuff for them before yeah he's done a lot of stuff for them now yeah so it's just weird it's a video for a tuner and then it's like oh, they've been going oh no it's today actually i didn't put, this was after i sent the podcast uh, schedule round to everyone what are you talking uh, about this is oh yes yeah, totally non-scripted um the they've just done the polytuners app as well like a, a plug-in They've been going yeah. like really heavy on tuners, haven't they? In the last yeah. week, we've had clip-on tuner, clip on. new floor tuner, and the like. Oh, what like iPhone app? No, I think it's like a like a VST like plug into oh, right. Logic okay. or Pro yeah, Tools yeah, yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, it, it kind of seems like they've done all of the pedals. Do you know what I mean? Like they've done. They finally got the vibe out there. And what was the other pedal they put out this year? Phaser. The Helix Phaser. Oh yeah, the Phaser. And they're like no, no trem though. Yeah, there's no, but can't you? Yeah, couldn't you use the like Univibe as trem? No. Well, you could do. You could use it like the harmonic trem on the uh, on the flint. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't quite sound the same. Oh, that's reminded me, Matt. You're going to be so mad. Jay told me last week that you can do loads of extra stuff on the flint by like holding down the buttons and stuff. Yeah. 
I didn't read the manual, unsurprisingly, <laughs> so I didn't know. <sighs> what does it do? You need. You, um, I still so, <laughs> this is so mad. You can't even speak. Um. <laughs> um. I. Because I. What can you? I can't remember exactly what you can do on that one now, but all of those pedals have secondary functions if you hold down the two buttons. Well, uh, it, it came about because we were talking about. Um, so have you tried? The, have you played with the, the dig yet? No, it came, it, it came out... Whilst you were away? One, it, no, we got one in the shop the day I went on holiday. Right, the day okay. before I went on holiday. Um, so I was tell- so- basically I was telling Mark that... Um, I was like, yeah, so um, what is cool is one of the secondary functions is, you know, you can put it to the ping-pong mode and we plugged it into two different amps and it was... And he was like, wow, what? The new ones have got secondary functions. And I was like, I was like um, this, this, we need to wait. Matt's going to be, yeah... Matt's gonna be so mad. I just, well, I literally, you know, you I, know when they... I got it out of the box and I was just like, no, putting the manual away. Not gonna look at it. It's fine. It's a tremolo and reverb. Like what? It's not gonna do anything else, obviously. Yeah, but you know, like on the El Capistan, the secondary functions control a reverb that's in there. What? Yeah. So on the El Capistan, you hold down both the buttons. It's like it's like a it's like a space echo. So there's a reverb in there that you can actually a full reverb that you can kind of edit and kind of mess around with. I need because to. if you do that, well, basically on the Flint, the middle control changes the effect order. So the verb before the trem or the trem before the reverb. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Oh, something's going to have to do something. Really, reading. really impressive. But because you've got the, I think they've got the favourite switch on, haven't they? Yes, yeah, so the expression pedal can use the favourite switch. Obviously, you get that. You've got like two completely different sets of presets. Oh, so, you've yeah, got you reverb, really... reverb boost as well. What? Reverb oh. boost, tremolo boost and cut, reverb boost and cut, effect order, and tap division for the um, the tremolo as well, which is quite cool. I need to dig out the manual. I need to do a lot more reading. You do. Oh dear. The, the manual is like it's like three pages long. It's yeah, really but... not a big. Just take it in when you next go and sit down in in the bathroom. Have a sit down. Have a read. On that note, one last sad bit of news this week. Uh, and Joe, I'm going to leave it to you to deliver this one because you're probably closely more closely connected than anyone else here. Um, Chris Squires died. I know. It's terrible. He's. Uh... Do you know, a couple of days before we were doing like uh, our favourite bass players at work because I think they'd released a sort of top, some magazine had released a sort of top bass players. And of course, you know, this this year, or it might have been at the end of last year, I forget now, we lost Jack Bruce, who is, you know, right up there in my top five. And now we lost Chris Squire, who is also up there in my top five. Really in the top five? Yeah, I'm, I'm running out of... Cause Chris Squire was amazing, an absolutely brilliant bass player. I, I just, I love the story of his, um, of his Rickenbacker, the one Rickenbacker that he played. But do, do you know this about no, a no, bass no. Do tell. So you can kind of follow Yes's career on what Chris Squire's um, Rickenbacker looked like because he, he just had the one. Well, I'm sure he had others, but he just had this this one main bass. So in the 70s, um, he did what everyone was doing and covered it in wallpaper and, and lacquered what? over it. You know, he, he made it into oh, a... like pa- a paisley. Yeah, he made himself a paisley Rickenbacker. Um, and then as that time sort of passed he uh he then um had to take it all off but it was so glued on that he ended up shaving down part of the body okay. as well which made the rickenbacker a, a slightly different shape kind of like a a thin 
version of a Rickenbacker. Yeah. And uh, and had it refinished in a really nice butterscotch. Um, and when Rickenbacker came to him and, and wanted to do a signature model, he gave them his Rickenbacker because they, they couldn't find a way of making anything sound quite like Chris Squire's Ricky. So he gave them his one and they weighed it and worked out, you know, they measured it and worked out where the body contours had changed and shaved it all down and made a uh, a model that looked just like it. The best part is when they were like, and uh, and butterscotch, we'll do it in, in butterscotch. Is that okay, Chris? He was like, no, no, I want it in uh, tribal, black and blue tribal. What? <laughs> Which is, that is kind of how he spoke. Yeah. So his signature model was released in... It was black with like blue neon tribal on it. What? Yeah, and and the, uh, there's a rig rundown with him explaining all of this in it, and really give it a watch because it's great. Because at the end, Premier Guitar, whoever's doing it, go and uh, and uh, you, uh, you know he's saying, yeah, they shaved it down, they did all this to try and get it to sound like my my bass, and and they're like, and and does it? And he's like, well, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Rickenbacker must have really been like, oh, oh he said the really, <laughs> really they, wrong thing. Saw that, he was like, but I'll bring it along anyway. You know, he really like, and he was really showing them this bass that was like at the back of the of the rack of basses that he was going to play. He really didn't give one about the uh, right. signature model okay. that Rickenbacker had made for him. But aren't, aren't they quite sought after though? The signature model, like, don't people rave about them? I mean, I imagine so. They, they, you know, <gasps> they hardly put out any Chris Squire signature models. So if you can get one, amazing. But yeah. that, you know, they are great, and he's played some great basses, some sort of eight string basses. You know, the the, the sort of four string, twelve string style yeah. thing. He played some great things like that. He has a really cool setup. <laughs> Um, uses like just really simple sort of use things like Boss OC3s as his okay. octave and stuff you know there was no sort of ridiculous high end gear he just, just used go to that, stuff yeah he just used gear that, that worked and stuff and he was really cool it's, the interviews with him are great because he has no idea what's going on and and for that he, he was always brilliant but amazing technique as well he um he developed this sort of picking technique which is kind of he pinches as he picks okay but on a bass that's that's very unusual to like and, get weird like harmonic off it basically yeah exactly but yeah i've, I've gone on about this at length but but yes chris squire is unfortunately no longer with us great bass player and of course um albums like close to the edge and fragile well, you know, some of the best prog rock albums ever. I actually don't know anything about them at all. Yeah, you should definitely check them out. Maybe I will do this week. I've been trying to expand my Spotify library, like some soon to be Apple Music library. Weirder stuff. I expect. I'm not sure about that actually. Uh, the quality is uh, for what I do now. Like quality of uh, audio is quite important, and um, the Apple only is it's going to like the middle tier of where Spotify does and then Spotify's got an extra it streams at like 320 um, what they call extreme um, so yeah I don't know if I'm going to change oh, fair enough. I'm not that fussed about Taylor Swift I mean I like her but I just watch it on YouTube like, again like that goes against the quality but it's not, <laughs> it's not worth changing for one artist is it unless they get the Beatles that'll be the thing because the Beatles still aren't on Spotify are they no uh, they're not going to be on Apple Music to begin with. That'll be the only thing that'll get me to change. Screech and Weasel and the Beatles. <laughs> that'll do it. Anyway, should we do some questions? Let's do some questions. Adam says, next big thing, uh, question mark, like the soul food was at Christmas. So uh, he's saying, what's going to be the next big thing? What's going to be the thing we're all lusting after around Christmas time? What Matt is? Knight. Um, 
I'm not sure because everything that I want at the moment, I probably would have bought by Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not talking about you. I think you're like a special case. It's one, not the you. next big thing. I don't, I don't know. Be- well, you I- should. <laughs> because it, Christmas is always a weird time though, isn't it? Because you, you actually, it's like... No, it doesn't have to be at Christmas. It's just the uh, next big thing. Because I was thinking, you always see these things at, at Nam. So I don't know. I don't think there's anything now that's going to be like the next big thing. Um, Do you not think not the ES8? Ne- well, the ES8 is kind of the big thing. It's already landed. But I yeah, think it is I, the, the the next big thing in that they were all completely sold out in the country before they even I got see, here. See, I think that momentum is going to build with these. I think that a When lot people of, start trying them. Yeah, well, yeah. I think a lot of people would have gone oh, this is this is ridiculous so I don't need this I don't need this and then the first batch have come through and the people that have got the first batch are going to be the complete nerds yeah. who've gone yeah no this is this is going to be excellent and they've they they would have wired it up properly and they're going to put all the videos up on YouTube you're going to see stuff on all the forums and people are going to be like Actually, but, I think this is probably oh, I think momentum is really going to build with them right. I think they're I think they're going to be I think I agree. They've it's had um, whilst we we love it certainly on forums. It's there's been a bit of a mix towards the ESA, and um, when I, I was speaking to Jeff from Roland about it today, I thought he put it very well. Um, what, what's the big alternative that everyone uses? The gig rig. Gig rig. He was saying he was saying uh, you know I was saying about how we were talking about how it's the the response isn't are people going to go for every gig rig when it's cheaper? Does it do enough you know and people are people are obviously defending the gig rig a lot on forums and Jeff said well if if you'd spent nearly twice the amount of money on you spent a thousand pounds on yeah, it, yeah on, on, on it. You're, you're gonna really defend it to the hilt that it that you've made the right decision yeah and, course, and I think yeah. that's that's an excellent point um I think that, yeah um, I think a lot of people will the, the difficult the thing that I found annoying was there was a lot of people I think, you know, a lot of people are set in their way with the gig rig because it's been on the market so much longer. They were like, oh, we, we did it first when they didn't do it first because Boss did it in like the 80s. Um, and now people are going, oh, who's going to buy an ES8? And then everyone instantly is just like, oh, I wouldn't buy anything with Boss on it. And it's like, yeah, that a couple does of people, me in. A couple of people pipped in and were like, well, and in fact, actually, Jamie, who works for Boss, was like, well, I personally wouldn't comment on anything I haven't tried. You know, completely, um, and, I, and I also put on that. I put, you know, well, I'm going to buy once, and I know someone who's got a gig rig, um, and he's off travelling at the moment, but he comes back in a couple of months, and we were going to kind of sit down and, and a bit because I think tonally, effectively, it's taking all of the pedals out of the signal chain. So tonally, it it should they should be the same in that sense. It's just that that you know what functions you're going to want really and i think functions wise the boss one's going to be has got a lot more on it what does it do yeah. that the gig rig doesn't do you can use it as an amp selector yeah uh, and you can switching. use it as a channel selector on the amp okay um dedicated tuner oh, yeah. out uh, dedicated tuner also. mute as well which i thought was quite good um but like a general mute as well so you can just you can use it you know you can just have like a general mute to like bypass everything but also that you can use it as individual stomp boxes or you can use it for presets okay uh, so switch and, switch between like manual and preset mode basically yeah um right. and also yeah switchable order which i think is the biggest thing um does gig rig not do that no 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 gig rig is actually really basic 
Okay. It's just the one that everyone has. Is it di- yeah. how different is the gig rig to like the Carl Martin Octa Switch? It's pretty. I mean, it's it's a lot more high end. It is hand built in the UK. Um, I actually know someone who who works for them, and they're like, yeah, they're all they're all hand built in the UK. And oh, that's cool. The guy the guy who does them, Daniel Steinhardt, his name I think his name is. I met him uh, at a guitar show about ten years ago when he released the first one, and I was like, oh, that's such a cool product because he's the booth that he had was like one huge room, and everything in there was powered off the one power supply that he sells because um, it can power like a hundred pedals. And then he had this setup, and it was just it sounded awesome. And it's just, yeah, it's just like true relay switching. But the, the one they've got now has got MIDI control, but it's because you've got the screen on the ESA, it makes it just easier to use. Or I'm assuming it's going to make it a lot easier to use anyway. Can you, with, with the screen, can you name patches and stuff like that? Yeah. So I think that it's the, because it, they've just upgraded the gig rig. So you can have more than, you can only have twice the amount of, so I think there's 10 switches. You can only have 20 presets. Where obviously es has got 800. I think they've just upgraded it so you can have like, I don't know, 120. Right. Uh, um, I think they're going to have a tough time continuing to so. sell them because I the, think so. the ES8 sounds like it does way more for a lot less money and is more compact. Yeah, and actually with with MIDI, um, and I know some people have done it with the gig rig, is that you can you can get some apps for iPad that go camera connection kit to USB and then USB to MIDI uh, and then you can plug it into something like the ES8 and you can use an app to like set all your patches and everything as well which is quite cool cool I assume that Boss will come out with some sort of editor down the line I, yeah I reckon they'll do something some sort of editor via via MIDI through Boss Tone Central um, because I, I said that to the guys at, at Roland I was like how can you have not thought of that that must be something you've thought of because imagine being able to plug it in and actually like drag and drop all the you know the patches you want and name it all on your computer it'll be so much easier for like editing stuff for gigs and you know just like if you're a lot of people are doing auto switching now so they're like setting up a midi click track on ableton and then that's automatically switching all the patches on their on their pedal board so it means you don't even have to stamp on your pedals anymore no no you can just leave them to one side and yeah that's it now sounds boring not into it so, Sai says, how does everyone wear their guitar when strapped in? I spend most of the time sitting down as I'm lazy, but I'm always experimenting with low or higher positions. Are you on the f- on the floor kind of person or a choking the throat kind of person? <laughs> so he's experimenting with positions and he wants to know whether we do it on the floor or a sort of choking the throat. <laughs> Jay Cross, on the floor or choke the throat? I tend to sort of swing halfway down the middle. Okay. Um, I'm pretty experimental. Okay. I, I'm kind of happy. I'm just. I'm just happy. I'm just happy to be there. I've got to be honest. It, it kind of. I, I'll go with whatever works. Matt Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Joe Branton. Yeah, I'm a bit of a choker. Right. Okay. Well, no. Uh, it's. It's not that. I is play... that so? You know, when you. You know, it's well, in that t- position, so you can see more of the. I tell you the, what, the downstairs. Well, yeah, <laughs> that that is an excellent. Re- that is the reason because it's my best feature. Um, no, but so are you actually doing board. something? Yes. Yeah. Um, so are you actually doing something right in sitting down because it may Yeah. Well, what I'm, what, what I'm trying to say, you're looking at me funny, guys. What I'm, what I'm saying is, you should wear your guitar standing up, strapped in, the same height. 
that you're at when you're sitting down. That is the correct way to do it. It's not about that is true. If you if you wear it low, you're you're an idiot for a start because you are definitely learning everything twice. Because when you're sitting down, your arms are in a completely different place to when you're standing up. So you just your muscle memory is just out the window. You will be a worse guitarist than someone who has their guitar in the sa- at the same height sitting down as they do standing up. Jay's actually yeah. reaching for a guitar. No, Jay's demonstrating that when sitting down, he still has the guitar around his feet. Yeah, this is weird. Uh, yeah, I'm an on-the-floor <laughs> kind of guy. Much prefer on the floor. But that's because you're, you're more into stylistics than you are into uh, actually, you know, playing properly. Yeah, yeah, you know, I just, I like to look cool. Anyway, on that note, I think we should uh, should wrap this one up. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. Um, we are now going to go and answer a ton more of your questions um, from the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. We'll be answering those over on our Patreon episode, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. You can get an extra half an hour of this absolute guff every week um, by contributing, what is it, $5 or a month, something like that? Five dollars, and you can get your name. Uh, if you if you go to ten dollars a month, you become one of our exclusive Patreon backers. Um, like, uh, you, in fact, do you want to read them out? Yeah, I'm supposed okay. to read them out. Yeah, well, they're there. Give, give me the list. Okay, what backing track are we doing? Uh, what are you? What did we do this last time? Um, I tell you what, we did when I was li- just before I left the shop earlier was I did a a, a not a duet a tree yet. Yeah, Triet. Yeah, that's a Triet word. of uh, of <laughs> you say it best when you say nothing at all by Ronan Keaton. That was nice. Uh, yeah, can we do an instrumental version? Um, Ready to fill Tom's head. I don't think Colin you. I don't think Anderson. you. I think. I think you need to talk. You need to. No, you need to. Like that's. You can't hear people's names. If I'd have paid for this, you I'd want to be able to that, hear my own name. You did that last time, and you were like, I couldn't understand anything you were saying. Okay. I so, think you should just... Right. Jay, bring the beat back. Um, What should we do? Do um, that. Phil Thompson. Colin Anderson. Gravit. Fletch Fletcher. Matt Thank you. Excellent. Well, thank you for uh, those guys uh, for um, yes paying and becoming our exclusive uh, Patreon backers. Um, we're going to go and answer more of your questions on the Patreon episode. Uh, if you want to see more of this, guitarnerds.net uh, or the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitarnerds forum or on Twitter at guitarnerds or on Instagram at guitarnerds or on YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash guitarnerds videos. You can follow me on Twitter at mark underscore random. Matt, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at matt underscore nightsy or on the Facebook group mainly. Jay Cross. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. Um, no, no, you can't. Uh, uh, Twitter at J A Y B. I really tried to think of something funny there. I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> tell. I was gonna <laughs> pain across your face. I was gonna just say like uh, Joe is an idiot or something like that, but it just didn't work. My, I changed my Twitter handle. It's now at Joseph nine hundred and one. Good, Joe. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Sir or Stag. Uh, on Twitter or uh, uh, on Instagram at Yosef900. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 